The Blevins Franks Report with Rob Kay of Blevins Franks Wealth Management. Well, here on Review Radio on a Sunday morning, we talk to Rob. How are you doing, Rob? I'm very well, thank you. How are yourself? I'm very well, thank you very much. Good. Well, last week we discussed the benefits financial planning offers French residents and what constitutes good financial planning. The central banks have all increased their base rates to combat inflation. But while these measures take time to wrestle in under control, our savings and income are taking a hit. I would therefore like to look at how we can protect our wealth for the longer term and make sure our money lasts as long as we do. However, before we get on protecting our wealth, what caught your eye in the news this week? Well, as you as you said in the introduction, Howard, uh, all the central banks are continuing to increase base rates to to combat inflation. But but the size of their increases does seem to be starting to slow down. During the past week, the U.S. Federal Reserve increased its main rate by half of one percent, as did the Bank of England and the and the Swiss National Bank. The European Central Bank also opted for a half a percent rise, taking its key rate from 1.5% to 2%. But they also said they will need to continue raising rates to tame inflation, which clearly means they don't believe we're out of the woods yet. From the beginning of March, they will start to reduce their balance sheet by 15 billion euros per month until the end of the second quarter. The ECB's rate rise have been, uh, have been slightly hawkish in comparison to other central banks, They've lagged behind uh, when it comes to reducing their balance sheet and they've continued with the pandemic emergency purchase programmes. The main takeaway from the ECB's February meeting was they expect inflation to be higher and more persistent than expected, which will require more interest rate rises and a higher long-term rate than the actual than the market anticipated. Last week we mentioned the fact that the tax authorities here in France are having a huge purge on identifying unpaid tax. And it was confirmed this week that local mayors across France are increasingly calling on private firms to detect cases of property tax fraud. Not reporting undeclared pools, second homes or property extensions can enable property owners to illegally save hundreds of euros of tax. But these tax frauds are costing the local authorities hundreds of thousands of euros in unpaid local taxes. Local local mayors have been suffering from the effects of Covid and the end of the tax habitation. So the, price, the, the practice of hiring private firms to detect tax anom- anom- anomalies excuse me, is becoming more and more widespread. These companies use software to detect anomalies in tax records. Their staff also visit properties to check if their records are accurate. And if an anomaly is identified, these companies are paid a fixed percentage of the money they recover. I was also left scratching my head this week when the European Commission announced further price caps for seaborne Russian petroleum products such as diesel and fuel oils. President of the European Commission Ursula von der Leyen said Europe is making Putin pay for his atrocious war and the price cap will hit Russia's revenue even harder and reduce its ability to wage war in the Ukraine. I know we have to wean ourselves off Russia's energy products But this decision does leave a bad taste in the mouth because whichever way it's spun, we're actually still funding Russia's war effort. Now, on a lighter note, Howard, I was also amazed this week to read an article about Marco Pierre White. White was probably the first celebrity chef, and I'll never forget that iconic picture of him, cigarette drooping from his mouth, meat cleaver in his hand, with the young lady stood next to him in a position I won't describe at this time on a Sunday morning, but if you want to see it, it's easy to find on the internet. The article 
was all about White, who is now a vegan, but also about redefined meat. Now, if you've not heard of this expression before, it's meat which is produced by a 3D printer, not an animal. As I get older, Howard, this world seems to get more and more bizarre. Indeed, indeed, 3D meat. Well, back to Earth, and people are living longer these days, which sounds like good news, but can we, or the state, afford it? What impact does longevity have on the state's finances? The, um, the pandemic certainly brought this issue sharply into focus, Howard. We've, we've all seen and read about financial um, strains that battling COVID-19 placed on governments all around the world. But uh, over the last 20 years, our own longevity has probably attacked the state much more subtly. Thanks to advances in medical science and medicines, it's not unusual for someone who retires at, say, 55 to live for another 30 years. Further advances in medical research are likely to increase lifespan even further, which will present governments with a dual problem of having to finance the cost of people living longer, with the additional cost of looking after those people who have lived longer. The French government's decision to raise the French state retirement age from 62 to 64 perfectly illustrates the challenge governments are facing. Like it or like it not, governments will need to raise more funds to cover their pension obligations and increase healthcare costs. The retired population now outnumbers those who are working, combined with the fact that governments generate far more tax revenue from workers than they do from retirees, and the challenge is easy to understand. This is a primary reason why governments have to continually evolve and refresh how they collect taxes and how they generate, generate revenue. We're halfway through a 15-year period when the increase in the global working population will be 50% less than it was in the 15-year period between 2000 and 2015. By 2030, it's estimated that there will be 34 what are described as super-age countries. Super-age countries are countries where over 20% of the population is elderly, which includes or will include both France, the UK, but also the rest of Europe. The Covid pandemic costs our governments billions. How are they recuperating those costs? Well, <clears throat> since the financial crisis of the late noughties, governments have been juggling the, the funding of their increasing infrastructure and social costs by promoting opportunities, but not constricting growth. We can't get away from the fact that unilaterally the government's coffers are funded by taxes. And as we've seen during the pandemic, managing that balancing act is frankly as difficult as herding cats. The UK's budgeted car crashes of 2022 were a perfect example of the difficulties governments face. The contents of those budgets gave us a great insight into just how difficult this balancing act is. The UK introduced a corporate tax increase to harvest tax from the companies who profited during the pandemic. But beyond that, just like the French budget, the three UK budgets stayed well clear of announcing any imminent personal tax rises but they did build on the foundation Rishi Sunak set in 2021 for a complex attack on household pockets over the next five years. Whether you're earning a living, selling a business, selling a property, or for that matter, even if you die, over the next five years, the UK taxman will receive substantially more revenue than he's ever received before. The UK has taken a leaf out of approach um, out of an approach that, that, that has been regularly used by the French tax, tax authorities over the past 20 years, and, and that is to, to simply freeze the tax thresholds, then extend 
as the UK did that freeze from 2026 to 2028. So from an inheritance tax perspective, that means the point when your estate pays taxes, the UK inheritance tax threshold of £325,000 will not have been increased since April 2009. That's an ice age of nearly 20 years. What's your advice then to retired expatriates? How should they protect themselves from higher taxes? Uh, my, my advice to retired expatriates is the same as my advice to those of us who are still working. We all need to review our finances on a regular basis. This is especially important for retired British expatriates because quite frequently their finances can be impacted by changes made both in France but also back in the UK. Our savings and investments need to work as hard for us as we worked when we were, we were accumulating them. They need to be protected from unnecessary taxation. A perfect example of unnecessary taxation is holding on to investment assets such as UK ISAs. UK ISAs are extremely tax efficient in the UK but totally exposed to tax when you become a French resident. Over the years, we have frequently faced this issue, but it's become an even bigger issue with Brexit because so many people hurriedly decided to become French residents just before the end of the transition period and also before the withdrawal agreement door was closed. Unfortunately, in their haste to arrive, many of them didn't make suitable plans for their finances after they arrived. The, the issue of holding inappropriate assets when you move to a new country is brought more starkly into contrast when someone retires. Retirees have to rely on their pensions and their investments to generate income and cover their expenses. While we're working, we're frequently too busy to focus on our finances. We simply bury our heads in the sand, work harder or longer to earn more money, which defers the problem, but the problem hasn't gone away. The only sound way to minimise the taxes you pay is to arrange your financial affairs appropriately for your life in France. Then, on a regular basis, review those arrangements to ensure they're still appropriate for both you and the financial landscape that continually evolves around us. The longer we live, the longer we need our savings to last. So is inflation a major concern? I think uh, inflation is, 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 is and always has been a major concern. It's, it's, the, it's something that sits in the shadows and maybe the skeleton in the cupboard. As we're all living longer, inflation, or as it's probably better described, the natural erosion of our spending power becomes a greater and greater concern. Over time, one euro buys you less and less because of the cost of what that one euro buys. To maintain a happy balance, the value of your euro has to keep growing. As we've said frequently during these broadcasts, at the end of the day, purchasing power is the real value of money. The longer we're around, the more important or the more important in controlling inflation becomes. It's, it's like Chinese water torture. It keeps on dripping and dripping. The pandemic had, had an impact on life expectancy for French residents. Apparently, life expectancy for men has reduced by six months and ladies are now living five months less. But on average, we're still living until we are 80, or in ladies' cases, until they're 85. If you retire when you're 55 and invest 1 million euros, then 30 years later you still have 1 million euros. If inflation is compounded at just 3% over the whole period, not double that as we're seeing now, you will have lost 60% of your money, even though you've preserved your million euros. The reality is you will have maintained the same number of units of the currency you started out with, 
Unfortunately, he has lost 60% of his purchasing power. And as I said, in the long run, purchasing power is the only rational definition of money. Lots of retired people favour low-risk, safer investments such as bank deposits. But can being cautious backfire? Yeah, the, the reality is most retirees don't have the, the ability to replenish their capital reserves or reduce their income requirements, so they worry about investing and potentially losing their savings. That said, it's also easy to forget. Simply leaving your money sitting in a bank is also not without risk. As we saw in the late 90s, even the biggest financial institutions can fail. Over the past 10 years, a combination of low interest rates and inflation has been devastating for the capital value and purchasing power of cash because, as you said, Howard, a cautious risk-adverse approach is actually not totally tax-free. It's also backfired on anyone who has cash sitting in the bank or sitting on bank deposit. Having an appropriately structured, less risk-adverse approach to investing is not the same as visiting the casino, let's say here in Monaco, and putting all your cash on red and spinning the wheel. Investment markets can be volatile, they can be unsettling, but over the medium to longer term, risk can be reduced, and a better risk-rated return can be generated. What steps can we take to beat inflation but without taking on too much risk? Well, as I said previously, we need to regularly review our savings and our investment arrangements. That way we can make just sure that our investments are working as hard for us as we did when we were accumulating the capital. However, a very important aspect of any review has to be making sure we avoid unnecessary taxation. Just like inflation, as we've discussed this morning, taxation is a major threat to our financial security. Under the French fixed rate investment system, Unless you've established tax-efficient arrangements to hold your investment assets, you'll pay 30% of your investment gains to the taxman. To minimise the investment tax charge, you need to tax or to use a tax-efficient structure to hold your finances, which means you objectively need to analyse both your requirements and your tolerance to risk. That's not easy to do yourself because personal biases, opinions and also emotion easily clouds impartial judgement. The key to a well-diversified portfolio is spreading your investment assets across different regions, different assets, types and sectors. You need to limit your exposure to one type of investment, but importantly, you need a strategy which is appropriate for your particular situation. Finally, our pensions are obviously important for our financial security. Should we review our pensions to see if we can improve our income, but without risking our capital? Yeah, um, our pensions are usually the bedrock of our financial security when we when we hit retirement. So it's especially important to make sure they're correctly arranged. It, it should go without saying, everyone should review their pensions. But that doesn't mean, or doesn't necessarily mean, anything has to change. After a review, sometimes doing nothing with your pension arrangements is the best solution. I recently spoke to a gentleman who contacted us after listening to a podcast of a previous broadcast. He'd also read an article about Curos, which then coincided with a cold call from a Spanish-based company who claimed to be a UK pension specialist. Because he has money in the UK pension fund, which he's not doing anything with, he was about to transfer it to a Curos, as recommended by this Spanish-based company. If that transfer had been done, he would have immediately given 25% of his pension to the UK taxman. He went back to these so-called advisors and their next idea was to draw down the whole fund, 
which would have cost him even more in tax. Talking to this gentleman, it reminded me that the real benefit of taking advice is that advice usually costs less than the tax you would have paid if you hadn't taken advice. Now, before the phones start ringing and everyone starts panicking, in the right circumstances, expatriates can still benefit from transferring UK pensions to Curops and also potentially reinvesting their pension capital using French compliant arrangements such as Asher and Fee. But it's very, very important to take professional advice from a company regulated and qualified to give UK pensions advice. Before you do anything, you need to know what your pensions are really worth and if they offer any guarantees. And please, be really very careful with your pensions. There is approximately £3 trillion sitting in UK private pensions, so they are understandably attract or attracting the attention of tricksters and fraudsters, like moths and insects to a light. Be very careful of pension scams, which are more common than you might expect. Now, if you'd like to discuss making sure your money lasts as long as you do, you can do that with a Blevins Franks partner. And if you live in France, why not call our Valbon office? The telephone number there is 0493-001780. That's 0493-001780. If you live in Monaco or visiting our Monaco office, it's more convenient for you. Call our Monaco office and our number here in Monaco is 97775574. Now, today's subject matter was prompted by, by several questions posted to the Riviera Radio Questions Portal. So you have a question, or if you want to make a suggestion for a topic to be discussed on a future programme, email them to rivieradio at blevinsfranks.com. And finally, if you'd like to know more about Blevins Franks, or if it's easier to contact us for an appointment via our website, simply direct your internet search to www.blevinsfranks.com. Many thanks, Rob. We'll have company next week. We will, yes. I will be introducing James to the listening audience. So let's uh, let's hold our breath and wait for that one then. I look forward to it. Thank <laughs> you very much. All right. No problem. Cheers. Have a, have a great week. The Blevins Franks Report. If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed in this programme, contact your local Blevins Franks office on 0493001780 or riviera at blevinsfranks.com. It's time to review your financial planning for 2023. Are you paying too much tax on your investment income? Will the UK budget mean you pay more tax on your UK assets? What's the best way to transfer wealth to your family? Are your investments suitable for today's world? How can you make the most of your pensions? Blevins Frank specializes in holistic financial planning. We'll be happy to review your wealth management for 2023 and beyond. Get in touch today. Visit blevinsfranks.com.